Oh, hi. Oh, hi. It's a weird intro, but I like it. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, <laughs> he shall not be mentioned in this place. <laughs> uh, we are starting this podcast now. <laughs> this is a thing that we're doing now. It's happening. So uh, let's introduce ourselves. Yeah, welcome to Goose Chase. Uh, I am I am Drogzy Baby, little baby Drogzy Pants. And you, uh, you um, may know him from other illustrious podcasts as they don't know that the the three dude cast is no, it dude no cast or, <laughs> or dude cast? Uh, it's three three dude cast actually. Three dude cast. Yeah, we, well, no, no they, one listens to that. They might want to listen. Oh no, I'm fighting a sneeze. <laughs> oh no, don't let it go. This is podcast death. <laughs> Dead air. Oh, okay, um, okay. Dead I'm good. Air. I'm good. I've got it. <laughs> I'm in pain because losing the sneeze hurts, but I did it for our listeners. Oh, good job. That we don't have yet. Yeah, right. Well, but boy, I'm thinking I, of them. I welcome do them you, to many sneezes in the future. Do you want to introduce me? Yeah, uh, my co-host sitting across from me <laughs> is uh, uh, Newsy Redenport. <laughs> uh, uh, also known by uh, such various nicknames as uh, uh, Guessy Quizenport, Smarty Pantsenport, and on occasion, Research Nerdyport. Those are all nicknames I regularly go by. <laughs> Reminds me of that Onion headline. No one who calls me that or has ever called me that. <laughs> Our interview with Old Musky. <laughs> old Musky. Is this a picture of Elon Musk? <laughs> I no love one that calls headline. me that or has ever called me that. <laughs> Our interview with Old Musky. <laughs> it's good. It's just good journalism. I like That's it. what it is. I think the audience is doing better journalism than actual journalists now. I, I think for years, satire has been doing better journalism than yeah, real journalism. I think the tipping point was The Daily Show. Yes. Uh, and then ever since, uh, you know, the news, you could just you could just ignore it and instead watch the comedy news and it's fine. You learn everything you need to know. And you also feel a little less like killing yourself. I think really recently the Onion ran a story that said a, a White House uh, page or aide or something investigating a dripping puddle in the middle of a hallway was horrified to look up and see a co-worker splattered in uh, Bannon ooze on the ceiling. Oh, Bannon ooze. <laughs> Oh. The the stories they write on Steve Bannon are so ridiculous. Bannon news isn't something I want to think about. No, too late. <laughs> Ever. Oh God, yeah, he's Thanks disgusting. Thanks for that. If if I had pants to spoop off, I'd be spooped. Ah, <laughs> uh, spooped the pants off a lot of people today. We are. Let's let's uh, tell them what they're getting into. Yeah, right. So so we're calling this goose chase. Right. And uh, the premise, what we're gonna do is we we both are curious. Oh. Oh Jesus. Oh no, the the oh, dog. Oh no. <laughs> There's probably someone existing oh, outside. God, this is going to be the worst part of the podcast every time. Oh my god. It's fine. <laughs> they love it. Um, okay. Okay, it's fine. Um, so we both are curious people. Yeah. And we like to research. We're skeptical and people. Learn new things. We like to know things. And we're curious and we, we like to read on the internet and go down the deep, dark rabbit hole of link after link until mm-hmm. nothing makes sense anymore, like the end of 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes. Yeah. These are things that we enjoy because we're <laughs> gluttons for punishment. Yeah, right. So we decided that um, since this is a mutual interest, mm-hmm. we're going to choose topics that are interesting to us, but we either know a little bit about or don't know anything about. 
Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the other person do our research for us and report back on this podcast. Yeah. So we'll either do one topic a week or two topics yeah. a week, depending on how long they are, how much there is to get into, how long the show's going. And then we'll have a couple of side segments, mm-hmm. uh, like the news, which I think we'll get in here first. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there's another one that you're doing today. I don't mm-hmm. know what we're calling it yet, but... So basically, this, this is a show dedicated to news information, bogus junk, and uh, secrets. Secrets? Yes, because as you will see later, I have all kinds of interesting secrets to talk about. Oh. Mm, top secret secrets. Oh. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm very excited about this. So, uh, let's jump into it. Okay. So, we decided we're going to start with... The news. The news. But we're not just going to retell you stories from the news because you guys are already burnt out on that. (laughs) If you're anything like us. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read three headlines. It's kind of like two truths and a lie, but there's one truth and two lies. Uh Uh-huh. One of these headlines is correct and real and true, and the other two are not. I'm so ready to play this game. I'm I'm so ready. I don't know if they can hear that, but I'm rubbing my hands together. (laughs) (laughs) I know I got this. I know I got this. My bullshit alarm is so good. Okay. My bullshit alarm is like... Maybe you'll eat those words. Maybe I will, but uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Well, let's get into it. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So, the first headline. Evidence that Jesus didn't wear sandals cost Catholic Church millions. <laughs> All right. Man makes sweaters of places and takes photos of himself wearing the sweaters at those places. <laughs> Wait. Man makes sweaters in places. No, man makes sweaters of places. Of places. And takes photos of himself wearing the sweaters at those places. So, like, he takes a picture. He lives in, like, Muncie, Indiana, and he makes a sweater with Paris on it. And then he goes to Paris and takes a picture of him in his Paris sweater. I don't know. I don't know if it's real. All right. right. Okay. (laughs) Ornithologist's exciting discovery. Dodo, not done for. Hmm. The dodo not done for. Dodo not done for. Okay, so the the the, ch- the challenge here is for me to determine whether it's more likely that the dodo isn't dead than that a man travels around with sweaters. Which one's real? Oh man. Oh man. I have some very strong inclinations on this one, which is why I'm suspicious. I'm real suspicious that you might have thrown me some real likely sounding stories. <clears throat> I mean, that's the game. Mm, God. Okay, what's the first one again? <laughs> Evidence that Jesus didn't wear sandals cost Catholic Church millions. That's just too hilarious. Like, there's no... I mean, what's... I mean, even... Okay, hold on a minute now. Let's just... <laughs> hold on. Let's talk about this for a second. Okay. The Footprints poem. The uh-huh. Footprints poem that everyone loves so much where there's two, there's two sets of footprints uh-huh. in the sand. Jesus wasn't wearing sandals there. That's true. He left footprints, not sandal prints. It's true. So they better get their story straight one way or the other about what was on his feet. Because this is this is of of, uh, complete importance. Mm -hmm. But I gotta say, I really think, and this is this is gonna piss me off (laughs) if I'm wrong. (laughs) I think the dodo isn't done for. 
You think that's the true one? Ooh, do I? Oh, yes, Just I keep do. him. You're guessing the true one. Uh, yes, I okay. think the dodo isn't done for. I think they got the dodo back. You're incorrect. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Stumped you, goofed you, gaffed you. Hold on it? a minute, just a goddamn minute. I'm okay. <laughs> th- now this. Hold on. This is where I'm gonna get irritated. Because if the dodo actually isn't done for, I'm gonna claim half a point back. The dodo is done for. The dodo has been extinct for years and is not coming back. Well, they got its. Don't they have its DNA somewhere in like a barbasol can, not. like they did on Jurassic Park? That's, no. Is there like a fat IT tech somewhere with a barbasol can full DNA of dodo didn't DNA? Exists when this <laughs> dodo went extinct. People I, didn't know about that. Mm, I. Mm, all right. <laughs> As of right now, the dodo is still done for. I am. I can't so believe you fell for that. God. I, damn it. I gotta say, it was my uh, amazing alliteration. All right, so what about Sweater Guy? Dodo not done for. Sweater Guy. It's Sweater Guy. It is Sweater Guy. Ah. This is a real article. Man makes sweaters of places and takes photos of himself wearing the sweaters at those places. Oh, now, God damn it. That headline came from DangerousMinds.net, but Oof, I'm going to read, read the article of the same... Story from Mashable because they did a better article about it. I, for, can I just say, Dangerous Minds is not the place for Sweater Man. It's not. They didn't do a very good article. Like, they didn't even research him. They're just like, this guy has a lot of photos. Look what he do. And then they just dropped it. But Oh, my God. Uh, Mashable's headline is, Meet the Dude Who Knits Sweaters of Places, Then Visits Them. <laughs> what? How his, is this a thing? His name is Sam Barsky. Okay. Uh, this is Sam Barsky. You know what? If you'd have made me guess, I could have guessed that's what Sam Barsky looked like. Yep, he looks like what you think he would look like. Um, as looks a knitter, like Dr. Steve Brule. Yes, kind of, yeah. As a knitter, this is fascinating to me. Um, because he, he knits a lot of sweaters. Some of them are like t-shirty sweaters, so it's not like full arms. It would take not quite as long, but still, that's a lot of work. Um, he has created 103 different sweaters. They feature images ranging from Stonehenge to Times Square to a shark tank inside of an aquarium. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it um, since March of 1999. That's a long time. Well, he's been knitting sweaters since March of 1999. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, let's put it that way. He hasn't been globetrotting um, since 1999? I, I, no clear indication. <laughs> well, hold on. Seeking a challenge, in August 2000, he created his very own pictorial sweater. So that's when he started making sweaters with pictures. He doesn't follow mm. a pattern. I'd rather see his pectoral sweater, you know what I'm talking about? I don't think you would. Cut them boobies out. Let's um, see it. You ask and you shall receive. There are people that do this. <laughs> I can find things for you. As a knitter, uh, I just need to ask just, the right person. I just say his what name it, is Jason, and uh, you know right. him. I just I can Jason, find knit this. me a boob sweater, please. I, <laughs> Jason, don't do it. Don't destroy our relationship this way. <laughs> Hold on now. You mean to tell me you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see me walking around the house with a sweater with the boobs cut out, just showing them off real nice? I wouldn't say I want to, okay. but it, I would be fine with it. Uh, I, all right. That's It'd be okay. That's all I needed. I just just don't don't pit us against each just other. Just don't don't squash my dreams. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I, I believe in your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to cut some holes in some of your shirts yeah. so your pecs can hang out? I can do that for all you. All of them, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you watch uh-huh. what you say. 
Okay. Um, so he's been doing this since 99. He's... Yeah, 2000 is when he started knitting pictures. Now, if you're a knitter, this is impressive because he doesn't work from an existing pattern. Yeah. He makes these patterns up. And these sweaters look pretty good. Wow. I mean, they're, they look like they fit him decently and the pictures are pretty good. They're like recognizable. Not, yeah, and not all of them are famous places. He has um, <laughs> one, that, one that has like power lines on it. <laughs> okay. I see. And then he just went to that power he station? He just went to a power station and took a picture with it. Um, he looks like a cartoon. Yes. Right now he's working, according to this, at the time of this article, working on two knits. One is of the fictional animated R&B group, the California Raisins. Oh my God. And the other one features civil rights pioneer Martin Luther King Jr. So he's <laughs> really running the gamut here. Um... That's he was amazing. he was hoping to be done by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. The raisin sweater was for a dance at the end of the week in which the theme was California raisins. And the MLK sweater was for the upcoming holiday. God, so can you get two very things topical. Like, can you get two things that are more in contrast than a bunch <laughs> of black stereotype raisins and Martin Luther King, one after the other? Does he's, this guy know he's playing with fire? He's just he's just living his best life. <laughs> Um, Good for him, I guess. He said, to this day, I have pictures while wearing 91 of the 103 sweaters around the exact landmark or style of scenery or something quite similar. Okay. And I have a goal of doing this for all of them, though most of the remaining ones will require travel to other continents. So wow. it'll be a little bit harder, probably money-wise. But <laughs> And then I just need to redo this because... This is not my pun. Okay. The article ends on this line. <laughs> Hashtag not my pun. Not my pun. Hashtag. Not my pun. Sounds like something knit for the faint-hearted. Oh my god. That was not me. I. <laughs> that was them. I have no words. <sighs> wow. Mashable. So this guy's been doing yeah, this for a long time. He's been doing this for a long time. Here's another picture. <laughs> can't get enough pictures of this guy. He's, he's fascinating, <laughs> he's, honestly. He's what's his name again? Sam Barsky. Sam Barsky. Holy so, hell. if you see a guy in what looks like a, a hand-knit sweater <laughs> with a picture on it posing by a thing that looks like the thing on his sweater, that's probably Sam Barsky. Yeah, reach out say hello. Because I, I can't imagine there's more than one person doing this specific thing. I gotta tell you, I would pay a thousand dollars for this California raisin sweater because that's got to be the weirdest thing in the world i should do some research and find out if there are any updates on them and let I me wonder if he in. sells i wonder if he sells them i don't think he does nah. i have a feeling he doesn't well um, we, we can this follow was, up another time and actually this is even even more recent than i thought um that article was from january of 2017 okay so i'm keeping a good thought i hope he finished his sweater I, I just want his etsy store that's what that's what i yeah. want <laughs> so the th the thing about knitting is like it takes so long it's so time consuming mm -hmm. it's really a lot of times not worth it to knit for money unless you're a guy that knits these crazy novelty sweaters and you can sell them for a crazy amount of money. It's true. But he seems to like them himself. I don't. I can't see him parting with them. They hold such memories of when he went to Stonehenge wearing a Stonehenge sweater he, that he made himself. He looks like such a well-meaning doofus, and I just like him. He he seems like the best kind of doofus. Yes. Like, he, he has something he likes. He's obviously good at it. 
And he's gotten to travel around quite a bit. Yeah. So that's like really cool. Props I mean, to him. I, yeah. I wish I had the idea and the skill first. I want to be way more positive about this guy. I know I'm kind of giving him a little bit of a hard time, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's super impressive. What it's, he's doing. it's a weird idea, but it's impressive that he's done it. <laughs> and he has 103 of them. Yeah. Like, good for him. I hope he gets pictures everywhere he wants to get pictures, and I hope he keeps doing it because. <laughs> it seems like something he likes to do and it seems fun. Yeah. And more people should do things that they enjoy doing. Yeah, right. Just for the fuck of it. Just good old fashioned, just wholesome, silly sweater knitting. You, you like to knit sweaters with pictures on them and go take pictures of those places while you're wearing them? Do it. <laughs> I can't believe I stumped you. I, I can't either. Frankly, so, I'm, I'm a little bit peeved. I'm a little bit peeved a off. A little bit peeved. <laughs> a little bit cheesed, to be honest with you. So. I I have to tell you, after I made up the fake headlines, I yeah. had to do research just to, like, make sure they were <laughs> fake. And I looked up, did Jesus really wear sandals? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think there was some hard science on that. The first result I got yeah. was that at one point the Catholic Church really did buy... What? His sandals. Now, they're not what we would think of as, like, sandals. It was, like, fabric. But But what? They how could they did. possibly... These are Jesus' sandals. You know what? <laughs> Here's why. is They don't have to be. They just have to buy sandals. Someone claims their sandals, say they're his sandals, and done. They have Jesus' sandals now. So I, I, I just thought it was amusing because I wrote, like, a headline without even meaning to that was, like... <laughs> If they did somehow scientifically prove Jesus never wore sandals, they probably did lose millions on this thing that they bought. Yeah. Well, they have to prove to me first that he had feet and wasn't just a, 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 a like a, like a, a floating, big fish. like a, a fish. Just like, oh, hey guys! <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. I, they that Jesus might have been a fish. They need to prove he has feet first. That's all I'm saying. All right, well, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> and then um, I did kind of go down a rabbit hole with the other one, too. I started looking up the dodo because yeah. I love the dodo bird. I don't even know what they look like. Are they oh just my, goofy? They're the dopiest looking creatures. <laughs> I had like a, a book of like a huge book of animals when yeah. I was younger. And I don't know why I drew it. But we, it was some elementary project, we had to draw something. So I drew the dodo bird. Like, I looked at this picture and I drew the dodo bird. And yeah. I remember it hanging up in my elementary school class. What are they? Are like they, attack like, misshapen? Board, they have, like, weird proportions? They just look like something out of Alice in Wonderland. Do they really? Oh, my God, they do. Is that what that looked like? That's what the dodo big, bird looks like. beak, puffy chest, big bottom on them. Yeah. That, that like bird they, got a thick booty. They look like... They do. They look like a flightless bird. They look... There's this look of consternation. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The dodo bird should so should be the mascot of this show because he looks like he's saying, "You show about that? <laughs> you show about that? You show about that?" <laughs> um, and then I started reading about other birds that were related to it. There's another bird that lived on a different island, kind of near the dodo, that's also extinct. But there's a different bird that is the closest living relative of those two, mm-hmm. and. It's a type of pigeon. It's in the pigeon family. But it looks like if a peacock were a pigeon. If a peacock were a pigeon. If a peacock were a pigeon. If you give a moose a muffin. Would you feed it a muffin? Uh, <laughs> I would. Uh, is it Let a me, moose a muffin or a mouse a muffin? It is called the Nicobar pigeon. 
So this is the closest living relative Whoa. to the dodo. It's way more majestic That's looking than really the dodo. That's a really pretty looking pigeon. I, I know. Uh, it's, it's all covered in rainbows and it's all swirly. Yeah. It's, its feathers all make like a big spirally look on its, it's body. Yeah, it's really, really pretty looking. I mean, it's the prettiest dang pigeon you've ever seen. <laughs> it sure is. Um, and big, big puffed out chest, bigger than a pigeon. Yeah. Even biggin, even biggin. Even biggin. Even biggin. Even biggin. Than the biggest pigeon. <laughs> even bigger than the most overstuffed Chicago pigeon I'd ever seen, like, walking around downtown Chicago. Yeah, right. God, those things can get fat. They can get real big. Um, so I had fun coming up with those. I'm stunned that I stumped you. Well, I have something for you. <sighs> Okay, it, so let's talk about what we this, um. Yeah, so this is not this is not a gonna be a uh, you have to guess whether this is a thing or whatever. This is just something just uh, you know something weird and bizarre floating around the internet that I wanted to share with you. <laughs> okay, this is a story that got traction in some places in the news. Completely wacky, and I thought I would just copy it directly here and share it with you. Okay. Uh. By the way, uh, just so you know, this involves a distant relative of yours that is dead. So, great start. A distant relative of mine? Marcus Davenport. <laughs> I don't know. If, we don't know if we're no. related. <laughs> but it is the same last Yes. Name. Marcus Davenport was an avid gamer who is best known for his killstreaks on Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Okay. Popular in the Xbox community. Uh, to some, he was considered a guru for games. Unfortunately... Uh, it says here, Davenport was unable to resolve an issue he had with his Xbox One, failing to eject discs. He had posted several forum entries seeking help to resolve the random disc eject error after his own attempts at repairing the issue. Right? Mm-hmm. Basically, <laughs> skipping some of this, Davenport was killed when his Xbox One malfunctioned, causing the system to eject the Black Ops 3 disc at a high rate of speed, striking the teen in the throat. Oh, his, man. His mother had discovered his body around 3 a.m. when she went to check on him. Uh, the police and paramedics arrived uh, at the Davenport residence around 3.36 a.m. Emergency units confirmed that Marcus Davenport was dead and discovered the Call of Duty disc lodged into Davenport's throat. Davenport had bled out but appeared to have died from asphyxiation, according to the paramedics. So, the story here <laughs> is that... A disc ejected so hard with such velocity that it cut into his neck and, and he bled him. out. Yes, that would have to be a lot of velocity. A lot, be- a lot, of be- I can't talk today. I should a, not be doing a podcast. A, a lot of velocity. A lot of velocity. A blah blah velocity. Yes, a lot of velocity. Very high velocity. Why? To- yes. It would. Well, yes, it would. Yes, it would. Um, uh, to like get through the presumably like the jugular <laughs> yes. or something like. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Apparently, <laughs> here's the other thing. Police found a video that he was filming for YouTube right before his death, which confirmed the disc had ejected from the Xbox One with enough force to slice his throat. Now, curiously enough, ain't that there's convenient? No, there's no link. There's no. Uh, video of this floating around anywhere, which of course it would be. If there's someone dies in a hilarious, disgusting, Mm -hmm. horrible way, and there's a video, 
it's out there. Like, if mm-hmm. it's legit, people find a way to look at this stuff. Yes. So, I, you and I are skeptical people. Right. Which is why, even though, even if something like this gets passed around, we go, well, I don't know about that. Right. Now, we can't, I can't immediately disconfirm this, but what I can tell you is that it was posted on a website which posts a lot of these sort of shock <laughs> stories mm-hmm. without any evidence. There's no confirming evidence of this happening. No one can find it reported anywhere except this website. And they also tend to post articles with titles like Man Commits Suicide After New York Comic Con Tickets Sold Out or Woman Arrested for Masturbating with Jimmy Dean Sausage in Walmart Bathroom <laughs> or Woman Kills Chipotle After Refusing or Chipotle, woman kills <laughs> Chipotle. The entire woman, Chipotle woman kills franchise. everyone working for Chipotle. No, <laughs> Chipotle worker after refusing to accept sex as payment. So... Okay. Lots of lots of so, wacky bullshit. So I, I have their number. Yeah, right. Now I can't remember the name of this website. It was something like News Report Ten dot something or it's, whatever. It's one of those like I, I think there's like one that tries to pass itself off as like a Fox conglomerate, but it has yeah. nothing to do with Fox. Right. Not that I, you know, I, I try to vet my sources when I read things online, sure. but. There are people who would be like, oh, it's Fox. Like, mm-hmm. it's at least a major news agency. Right. So. If you just see the, Fox on it, you go, oh, okay, great, good enough. But it's like Fox C13 or something. Like, it's yeah. clearly not there's Fox. something weird about it. It's not quite Fox. And this reminds me of this whole kind of segment idea reminds me of that Remember the clown thing? We were all very concerned with clowns about, what, six months ago? Uh, yes, the rising of the juggalos. And I remember at the height of it, there was an article going around mm-hmm. that, like, someone actually got murdered by a clown or they killed a, one of these clowns or... It was something, like, a friend of mine shared it. Right. Who's usually pretty good at vetting her sources. Okay. And she shared it, and then I shared it, because I was like, oh, oh man. shit. Shit. <laughs> I, I got bought. Yeah, you right. Know? And so, then I'm, I go, wait a tick. Just wait a tick. And I look into the source, and I can't find it anywhere else. The, yeah. the only other places that are, are reporting it are just ripping it exactly from this website. I can't find an originating source that's not this website. It doesn't appear to be true. Do a little more research. It's it's not credible. Yeah, that's so a big then red I, flag is whenever it's only reported in one place. Yeah, so then I edit it and was like, you know, it, this isn't true. I can't find a credible source. Yeah. And then I posted on my friend, her post, and I was like, hey, just so you know, I I posted this too, and then I did research and realized, like, I don't think this is credible. Right. And she was like, yeah, I'm just realizing that too. <laughs> and I, I feel crappy because we're, we're not both pretty good about that. Uh-huh. Anyone can get tricked. Yeah. And that's the job of sites like this. But that's why it's so fascinating. Yeah, that's, I know. And that's why you have to be a critical thinker. Right. And be like... Well, does that sound a little fantastical? Right. Does that sound maybe not like it sounds just real enough? I get that, but if the little alarm bell goes ding, just yeah. dig a little bit deeper. Well, some people need to WD forty their alarm bells too. 
It's true. There's something to that. The clangers have been broken for years. Snopes uh, says this never happened. I will tell you that. <laughs> so if that gives you any kind of an idea, I mean, I trust Snopes. Oh, pretty glory heavily. be to Snopes. Yes, they say it's bullshit. I say it's bullshit. Done. <laughs> I'm a gimmick. <laughs> so uh, with that dispatched of, I think we should move on and uh, take a break here. And when we come back. Let's talk about some of our research for this episode, our episode topics. We'll get into the thick of it. Which I'm really excited about. I this am This is going to be a lot of fun. Prepare to be spooked. Spooked good. Spooked and maybe a little hungry. <laughs> All right, back in a minute. <laughs> Sent me on a goose chase down the annals of the internet. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Why don't we start by saying this, that uh, this week we did, we gave each other each a topic that we wanted to research, something that we're interested in, we know a little bit about, but we don't know that much about, uh, partially for the interest of, you know, like letting the other person discover something, but also just learning about it in general. Yeah. Uh, and this week I gave you uh, to research... Synthetic meats. Mm-hmm. And Much like meat. Arby's, we've got the meats. <laughs> we've got weird science meats. Science meats. <laughs> um, uh, so just meats that are that don't come from an animal, that are that grown. are lab grown. Yes, created in some other and, weird sciency way. And I'll get into how they do it and why they do it and mm-hmm. our progress up to this point. Okay. Um, I do want to start with this. Is something we we mentioned Dave's other podcast, the Three Dude show the three dude cast yes and on an episode of that a recent episode of that you were talking about synthetic meat because you are fascinated by it Mm -hmm. and you had a couple of questions so when i came across the answers to them in my research i starred them and i'll make a point to point out this is something you're curious about Specifically, and we yeah. could talk about that. Did we depth. talk about whether or not they were delicious? Because I'm really hoping that comes up. It, it'll come up. We'll we'll get into it a little bit. Okay. So synthetic meat, also called cultured meat or cell cultured meat, vat meat, which sounds disgusting. <laughs> it sounds like spam, is what it sounds like. Okay. In vitro meat, lab grown meat. Someone in this research even proposed calling it clean meat. Right. Well, I get that. We'll we'll get into it. Yeah. <clears throat> Can anything truly be? <laughs> it, no. Let's let's just get into it. All right. Yeah. So, I think I'm gonna start with how they do this, how okay. it works, because I know you want to know this. This is one of my big curiosities: is how the hell do they generate these things? I, I know a little bit, but there's a lot I don't know. So there's three main stages. You need starter cells. Mm-hmm. You want to collect cells that grow rapidly. Now, normally, these cells are taken from a biopsy from a live animal. Okay. So you don't have to kill an animal to take these cells. You obviously could if you were going to harvest, like, a bunch of cells from one animal. Mm-hmm. And that might be something that ends up happening down the line. Okay. But you don't need to. It's not really how it's done now. You just biopsy an animal 
take a couple cells. Everyone's okay. So let's say I'm trying to grow some synthetic bacon. I just snag a little you rib meat. You take the bacon cells. Yeah, the bacon cells. <laughs> uh, cell BCN1. Well, 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 we'll get into this now because you want to collect cells that grow rapidly. So cells that grow rapidly would be embryonic stem cells, adult stem cells. You could do myosatellite cells or myoblasts. So baby bacon? Well, you want to like... There are two things you need okay. in order to make the process work. You need cells that will divide yeah. and grow, basically. So healthy young cells. That will the term that's used is proliferate. You want cells that will proliferate. Okay. But you also to get it to be what you want, to get it to be muscle, to get it to be meat. Right. You need to push it into being meat. So okay. ideally what you would want is a cell that's already like a fully developed muscle cell. Yeah. Because you don't have to make it into muscle. It's already muscle. The problem with that is muscle cells don't proliferate. They don't oh, really divide right. and, and grow that way. So that wouldn't work. You don't really want to use like stem cells necessarily because they grow really, really fast. They proliferate really quickly. But... They're babies. They they don't have an identity yet. So you would have to really push them in the direction of becoming muscle cells. Yeah, like you have to express them as muscle cells. Yes. Yeah. So you need something that kind of splits the difference. Okay. That's on its way to being a muscle cell, but will still grow. So we, they usually baby use... Bacon? They use baby bacon cells. They use <laughs> myoblasts. Okay. Because they still proliferate okay. And they are closer to being muscle cells so you don't have to direct them as much as you would a stem cell okay so that's the first step is getting the right kind of cell the second thing is you need a growth medium oh boy so you treat the cells with a protein that promotes it to grow okay and then you place it in a culture medium okay and the the culture medium can be a lot of different things um and we i'll get into i'm hoping maple culture medium point if only that would be so delicious, especially for that baby bacon cells. Yeah, bacon grown in a tank of maple syrup. <laughs> God, the future then, is amazing. And then you do this in a bioreactor because okay. you supply cells with their energetic requirements when you do that. Okay. So like the, feeding the cell, little baby cell to grow. Yes. The third part, and to me, most fascinating because I didn't even think of this. Yeah. You need a scaffold. Yeah. Because you need it to be meat, you need it to be three D. You're not just gonna throw. You're not just gonna grow a flat sheet of tissue on a petri dish. This is like one of the only things I knew about it, and I'm so, so excited about this. Ideally, I didn't get any specifics on this, but you need it to be something edible. Yeah. Because you don't want to have to separate your grown meat from its scaffold. You want to be able to consume it. Um, and then you also need something that periodically moves, or you can periodically move. To stretch the developing muscle. Yeah. Because that simulates the animal body during normal development. The, right. the movement. I starred this because on the Dudes cast, you right. discussed how it would taste and how there, there's got to be a way that they could simulate the muscle movement to make it taste make it and twitchy. be more like muscle. So that I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. They, <laughs> that's what they do. They They... 
do something to kind of stress it so it grows like a muscle. It's got this weird beef bicep <laughs> in a tank and it's just pumping iron all day. <laughs> just getting super swole. Um, it, it goes to Planet Fitness. It's not picky. <laughs> We're a little, little... It re-racks its weights, people. I'm just saying. <laughs> he cleans all the equipment. He cleans after He's super himself. courteous. And he doesn't grunt like an asshole. Yes. They don't have to put off the lung alarm. <laughs> Wow, what a courteous slab of beef. Or in this case, baby back. Beefy McLurch, huge. <laughs> Beefy McIron Curl. Uh, so just a couple different things about the process. Theoretically, okay. it could be possible to produce meat indefinitely once the process has been started without introducing new cells. Oh, okay. So if you harvested cells, you could feasibly... Just use that starter over and over and over again and never have to harvest more. Now, okay. it probably wouldn't quite work out that way once we get into, like, commercially speaking. Yeah. But it it could... you. It's possible you wouldn't have to use that many animals. You wouldn't have to sample that many cells. Right. It just depends on how it's handled down the line. I gotta say, this is making me real hungry. <laughs> well, we have, a, we have a lot of meat to eat today. <laughs> You and I have so much food to eat. Yes, we do. Um, Also, someone postulated that two months of cultured meat (sighs) production could make up to 50,000 tons of meat from just 10 pork muscle cells. What? Well, hold on. So they're saying in two months? Yes. They could get 50,000 tons of of meat? meat. Tons? Yes. That's a lot of steaks. It's a lot of meat. I don't know the viability of this because I think this might be like a down the line if we get facilities up and going, if we find a faster, more cost-efficient process because that's been the limiting factor so far Mm -hmm. is that they're saying, yeah, we can do this. We can make a lot of meat. Right. They're not discussing how much money it's costing. And that's the really limiting factor right now in all of this. I gotta figure, like, the meat reactor has to be like the <laughs> nuclear reactor in that it's real great but super expensive and no one wants it in their backyard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then another thing we'll get into is who's it for? Who's gonna eat it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this. It does require a preservative, sodium benzoate, to prevent yeast and fungus. Because mm-hmm. growing in a lab, it's not on a living animal encased right. in flesh and skin to prevent have these antibodies things. chewing up all the germs yeah. that grow on it. Um, and there are a couple different things that could be used. And some people have proposed that the price of cultured meat could eventually get to inexpensive grocery store levels. Right. If we do it right. Okay. So down the line, if this is a thing that actually comes to fruition, which mm-hmm. is really going that direction. Yeah. Um, if there's a call for it, if people will eat it, yeah, then we could go to Giant Eagle or Walmart <laughs> yeah. and pick up our cultured meat fillets yeah. and that have some burgers or have whatever, and it would be cultured meat. Yeah. I got to so, think it's probably really viable for burger meat, too, because it's like you grind that shit up and you can't and, tell the difference. Yeah, and it's viable. I'll, I have a part on that somewhere, too, of like I have a whole section about like the differences and yeah. why it would be good and why it would be bad. So we'll discuss that in a little okay. bit. 
I want to get into the fact that we've been talking about and thinking about this idea for a really long time. We? Oh, that's interesting. So I, I have another reference here that I found later. I want to say it was somewhere in like 1912, someone was able to keep a cell alive okay. in a lab and for a certain amount of time. And they went, oh, wait, like we could do this. We could keep a cell alive, not necessarily even try to grow it, but keep it alive outside of a being. Okay. And that was kind of the beginning of like... You said 1912? It was, it was old. Like I can back. find, I can no, find no, no, the no, actual reference that, but... for you, but... This is a long time ago. And then in 1931, Winston Churchill. <laughs> I know you guys weren't expecting to hear about I, him. I was not expecting him to pop in here. This is a quote from Winston Churchill. Okay. We shall escape the absurdity of growing a whole chicken in order to eat the breast or wing by growing these parts separately under a suitable medium. No shit. He basically predicted that we would be doing this. Now, he had predicted they would be doing it within the next 50 years <laughs> in 1931. Yeah. So a little exactly. optimistic. Yeah. But this was on people's minds for a very long time. That's really interesting to me. And, and the fact that they were thinking about waste and animal waste and the fact that, like, yeah. Really, we're not eating everything. We're we're eating wings. We're eating breasts. We're eating specific parts of animals. Right. And this is this just it boggled my mind that yeah. this is something on people's minds. I had no idea. That's I really know. interesting to me. So in 1971, um, Russell Ross, who is a scientist, did the first in vitro cultivation of cells from guinea pig aorta. So he took Ooh. some cells from a guinea pig aorta. Aorta and cultivated them. And then once they had proliferated, they did some tests and they were able to prove that yes, these are synthetic connective tissue cells. Wow. So we were able to grow what we thought we were growing. All the way back to the 70s. This was in the 70s, 71, early 70s. In the 90s, there was some culturing of stem cells from animals. It was a small quantity of tissue that could be cooked and eaten. Um, did they? <laughs> I don't know if they did. I, someone might have just approved that they could, but there wasn't really any. That's not the guinea pig aorta, is it? No, 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 no. This okay. that was from the seventies, and this is from the nineties. So okay. no. <laughs> hopefully not. Let's say hopefully they're not eating that part. This no. is really gross. So, and I will say a lot of because there's just so much on this topic. I started with Wikipedia, yeah, and so a lot of this is from Wikipedia, but these are things that really happened. Yeah. Um, 2000, oh no, 1998, a couple of my things got out of order. Okay. John F. Vane, V-E-I-N, this is just <laughs> a very name good name Vane. for this. His name is Vane? Yep. Applied Dr. for Vane. a U.S. patent for production of tissue engineered meat for human consumption, wherein muscle and fat cells would be grown in an integrated fashion to create food products such as beef, poultry, and fish. So 1998, people are already applying for patents. Whoa. Um, 2001, NASA began experiments making cultured meat from turkey cells. This makes a lot of sense to me because if you consider the fact you have people up in space, what are they eating? Dehydrated yeah. space food, astronaut food. It takes food. a lot of work to get it up there. Yeah. So if you could harvest a couple cells, preserve them, you could potentially grow your own meat source. Yeah. That'd be great. Developing so, proteins in space. They were looking into that. <clears throat> and also in 2001, 
I didn't want to write their names down, so I just wrote a dermatologist, a doctor, and a businessman. <laughs> walk into a bar. They walked into a bar, and they <laughs> filed for a patent on a process to produce cultured meat. Okay. Um, their specific process was a matrix of collagen. Um, they used muscle cells. They had a nutrient solution, and they induced it to divide. The, okay. the standard kind of process, but... They applied for that patent. I don't know if they actually got it or not. Okay. Uh, 2002, this research consortium, NSR, Intoro Applied Bioscience okay. Research Consortium. Um, consortium or consortium? Consortium. Okay. Yeah. They created the first edible sample of goldfish cells grown to resemble fish fillets. Now, I also saw in some other research, I think that might have been funded by NASA as well. Wait, so they grew goldfish samples. Goldfish cells. Cells. To resemble fish fillets. So they made a big goldfish fillet? Kind of, I guess. That sounds gross as hell. It really does. I don't want to eat goldfish. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to eat bubbles. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in eating anyone's pet goldfish, but I don't know, it's still, it's impressive, right? Yeah. I mean, they're doing stuff that I had no idea. Until you mentioned this on your other podcast, yeah. and I listened to it, I was like, wait, this is like a real thing. Like, I didn't even think of it. Yeah. I didn't even think that this is going on, so it's fascinating. Well, I know um, that at one point, and I don't know if you're going to talk about it or not, they made a burger. I am. It was That's well publicized. Up. I'm looking forward to hearing a little up. bit about that. Um, 2003, the Tissue Culture and Art Project, along with Harvard Medical School, made a steak a few centimeters wide from frog stem cells that was cooked and eaten. No, oh. no, they didn't say whether or not it was good. I'm assuming frog it wasn't. Steak? Yeah, I don't know why they made frog steak. Um, Why, of all the things? Because they already have frogs around, I guess, and it's a small animal, and, like, it's manageable. I don't know. But why would they eat it? Uh, I know. It doesn't sound like a good idea, but scientists were weird. Okay. 2005, there was the first peer-reviewed journal article on lab-grown meat in an issue of tissue engineering. Okay. So they started to get publication in 2005. In 2008, so I have this starred because this is a question you had. Okay. PETA offered a $1 million prize to the first company to bring lab-grown chicken meat to consumers by 2012. Wow. No, no one got it. Oh, I mean, we, okay. we haven't, we don't have a commercial. Oh, a commercial. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't for consumers yet. There are companies who are trying, and I'll talk about them later too, but... Okay. This has not been brought to a commercial avenue, so I don't think anyone was able to get the prize because it's way past 2012 and we still aren't there. Right. But at least at this point in time, PETA was kind of endorsing these ventures. Now, there's a lot of debate among vegan communities as far as is this actually vegan. It is meat. It is animal tissue. Yes. No animals necessarily need to be harmed in the making, but Mm -hmm. um, there's... I mean, there's a lot of debate about it. It just seems to me like meat without a consciousness or the ability to feel pain. It's, how it's is not, that not something you should be It's not an animal. It's just tissue. Because we eat plants but and they live, but there they don't other, feel pain. There are other things you have to think about. Because if you, if you are a vegan and you don't 
want animals to be harmed, which is the main reason to be vegan. There are health issues, but mostly if you're if you're going to that extreme, you're being vegan. It's because you care about the animals. So one of the things that can be used as that medium that you grow the tissues in yeah. could have animal byproducts in it. It could be like a kind of broth. Yeah. So that technically wouldn't be vegan. Now they are looking into growing mediums that would be like not meat. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and there's just huge debates about the effects it would have, whether or not it would truly be better for us, better for the environment or not. And anytime you have any kind of topic like this, someone in the vegan community is going to be in an uproar. I mean, (laughs) it's a loaded topic. That also just speaks to vegans' ability to get pissed off about something, in fairness. Because it does I mean, seem to happen a lot. I'm not going to bash vegans. They do what they do. But mm-hmm. this specifically is a loaded topic. There's a lot to to dig into. There's a lot to bite into here. It's a whole bunch and, uh, to chew on. Uh, you know, I... Uh, there's a bunch I, of frog I bit on that up a lot. I bit up a lot. And um, now I'm trying to chew it. <laughs> That's but a big old frog stick. I wanted to address that because you had a question about that. So nice. the, the tentative answer is... PETA seemed to endorse it at the time. Don't know if they still do. Some right. vegans do. Some vegans don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there could be vegans who would eat it. Um, you know, who knows? It's an interesting thing because, you know, for me, it's like such a no-brainer. But then again, if they were to grow human meat in a lab and you eat yeah. that. You're a cannibal, maybe. Yeah. Are you a cannibal or not? Or is that just a chunk <laughs> of meat that, no, that came off of no one? Yep. I mean, and would you eat it? These are the real questions. (laughs) That's what this show is here to answer, I think. Okay, I'm not done with my timeline yet. Okay. 2008, the Dutch government spent 4 million U.S. dollars on cultured meat experiments. So people are invested. Countries are invested in this. Yeah. In 2009, scientists from the Netherlands grew meat in a lab using cells from a live pig. So learning that we can use live cells we could biopsy an animal keep the animal alive not have to slaughter it just for a few cells Mm -hmm. as of 2012 there were 30 international labs working on cultured meat research in 2013 which is what you came here for (laughs) the first lab grown burger was cooked and eaten at a news conference this was done by professor mark post they had a chef cook it and prepare it And they had two food critics try it. Yes. They used stem cells from a cow grown into strips of muscle. They then combined to make it into burger. It was tasted by these food critics. They basically said it had a very distinct taste. That doesn't sound like a compliment. Um, They said it tasted like meat, but it didn't necessarily taste like what they've eaten before. Yeah. One of them said that had they been blindfolded and told to taste it, they would guess that it was meat over like a soy product. Right. So they would guess that it was meat, but it didn't necessarily have a great flavor. Uh, that's, a, that's a strange thing to think about is, you know, like what is it that makes something taste like what you're used to? Yeah. Like, can they even do that in the lab? And there's the and there's so much when it comes to how animals are raised and what, they what we feed them. Yeah. And how Tasty do we blood. replicate that? 
yeah, and that that's another thing that I I saw some stuff on like that I think in the one article I read about like the vegans discussing the the ups and downs of this was some of the things that make meat taste good is things like blood and fat and yeah. how do you apply that into this? Are you going to have to apply blood or put blood in the medium to make it taste right Whoa. or you know? Oh, God. <laughs> These are all questions. Yeah. Um and then I wanted to discuss some startups and companies that are doing this. One of the big ones is called Memphis Meats. <laughs> it's in, you would never guess. You never guess. Gosh, I'm going to guess they're from Dubuque. No, they're from Silicon Valley. Oh, really? <laughs> it was started by a cardiologist. Okay. They've made a cultured beef meatball. And in 2017, so this year, they made chicken tenders and duck l'orange. Oh, really? Um, the f- these are the first cultured poultry items that have been shown to the public. Oh, wow. So for some reason, it seems like people have been focusing on like pork and beef yeah. and not as much on chicken, which is something I feel like the world is like, give us some fake chicken. Yeah, like chicken makes more sense. It's also not a bloody meat. It's yeah. like, it seems and like And it's not gamey. I, yeah. Well, it shouldn't be gamey. It sure shouldn't be. Unless you <laughs> fucked it up. Unless you messed it up and then I couldn't eat I'm my bun meat. I'm not going to name names, but uh, yeah. They <laughs> I was real that, mad about that bun meat. They fucked that chicken up bad. <laughs> <laughs> All their other food's delicious. I don't want to say their name yeah. either. Um, there's another company called Super Meat. Super Meat? Which is a great name for a company doing synthetic meat. Yeah. They're an Israeli company. In 2016, they did some crowdfunding for their work on making cultured chicken. Mm-hmm. There's another company, I don't know too much about them, but they're called Mosa Meats, and they're endorsed by Mark Post, the guy who made the fake burger in 2013. Wasn't that, I remember hearing that burger was like a million dollar burger. Like, it was crazy expensive. It costs a lot of money right now to do this. Like, there's got to be a lot of money going into the research and into these companies, which is why right now, we're just not at the point that it can be commercial. Right. We got to have... Better methods, better cost-efficient methods to make it feasible, but that's not out of the question. Yeah. Uh, one more place I wanted to talk about was uh, New Harvest. Now their little <laughs> their little tagline on their website is that they're a five hundred one c three research institute accelerating breakthroughs in cellular agriculture. Mm-hmm. This isn't just animal products. Specifically, they focus on cultured milk, eggs, and beef. Ooh, that's really interesting. I hadn't so, thought about that at all. Yeah, I Culturing never really thought of it, but of yeah, sense. milk, eggs, and beef, and they're invested in basically giving grants to people who are doing this research. Yeah, um, so it can eventually be viable technology. Gosh, if you can culture an egg, you can culture a giant egg. Yep, an egg and the so, size of your head. Let's the biggest egg ever. I just want to jump inside that egg and drink the yolk while I'm in it. (laughs) Oh, God. I just want a giant poached egg the size of my head. Just a big old egg. Just the perfect jiggle. Like a Tyrannosaurus egg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd be the best eggs Benedict in the world. Yes, it would. Yes, it it would. It could feed the whole town. Just uh, just make sure you keep the the boy T-Rexes and the girl (laughs) T-Rexes apart. Are you going to crack open a T-Rex in your house? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's how it starts. That's Jurassic how it always, Youngstown. That's, that's how it always starts. Um, okay, so speaking of the research, yeah. 
Now, the same stuff they're doing, the same techniques they're using to make synthetic meat, and this research is really important because it's not just good for that. It's the same idea of what you need to do to do research for muscular dystrophy. Oh. Can we manufacture muscle or find a way to initiate these processes for a person who has muscular dystrophy? Right. Grow new, active, real living muscle. Yeah, if you could do this, you could help a person. Yeah. And also, another thing it's used for is transplant organs. Can we grow mm-hmm. a real functioning organ? Because there are people on transplant, transplant lists. Yeah. That are dying because they're just not enough donors available. Yeah, like, not enough donor kidney. organs available. So this this research is important, even if you wouldn't eat synthetic meat, even if you're not interested in that. Mm-hmm. This is something that should be funded for these other reasons. It's really important. Yeah. The challenges right now are scale and cost, which we kind of touched on. Right. Of. Right now, they're doing very small batch kind of stuff, and the cost is very high. So they'd have to find processes that could be done at a larger scale and lower cost to make it viable. Yeah. Now, this is a very... Let me show you <laughs> Okay. the next got, part. Oh, my goodness. You got um, lots of notes I have there. a column of synthetic meat and a column of actual meat. Okay. And just information about both and just ideas on... Why it would be good, what would be difficult, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um, so currently, synthetic meat is really expensive. We need to find a way to cut down on cost to make it viable. Yeah. We've already talked about that, so that's all I want to say about that now. But it may need artificial growth hormone to okay. make it viable process in the commercial environment mm-hmm. to be able to grow enough of it. There's going to be people who aren't a fan of that. Sure. Um, And something they could do was kind of artificially add omega-3 fatty acids. Just we could add things to the meat we wouldn't maybe normally find in our meat to make it better for us. So add fish fats? Basically. (laughs) Like add healthier fats. Yeah. Um, You can do this same thing the way we have meat now with our livestock by just adjusting their diet. So this isn't totally out of the question for what we eat now. You can get an animal that supplies meat with more fatty omega-3s because of what you feed them. Yeah. It's just the way you'd have to do it in the synthetic meat is basically genetic engineering, which I'll talk to you later down in the list. Okay. Um... Synthetic meat could have decreased exposure to bacteria and disease. So we wouldn't have to worry about like mad cow disease and um, all kinds of things that we worry about because of the way we treat the animals and how the animals live. Yeah. Uh, There could be reduced exposure to pesticides and fungicides, severe injuries of the people who are raising the animals. Oh, that's a good point. And a lab-grown steak can't uh, puncture you in yeah. the heart. <laughs> and it could be better for surrounding wildlife because there's a lot of surrounding wildlife that is often killed yeah. because of the way we raise animals and the way we have to protect the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something to keep in mind. Uh, some people find the idea of this distasteful. 
Yeah. So is it feasible? Will people actually eat it? I mean, and I put honest. in quotes something that we jokingly called it, but actually came up in my research. Some people call it Franken meat. Yeah. Because well, it's lab grown, it's artificial. It's not a bad description, and I'm I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. Like when I think about this stuff, as cool as it seems to me, it is a little weird to like pluck a steak out of the goo tank and then mm-hmm. fry that up. Like that does seem weird. <laughs> out of the goo tank. Well, it's a it's probably goo tank, right? Out of the goo tank and, <laughs> and into, into the, the fryer. frying pan. <laughs> uh, whatever, yeah, like that. Um, <laughs> it seems gross, uh, but also compelling. Like I would try and, it. And along those lines. Of will people eat it? I feel like I would eat it, but I would have to consider this next point that I wrote down. If it differs from actual meat in texture, flavor, taste, or smell, it might not be competitive commercially. Right. People aren't going to want to eat it if it's not either what they know or it doesn't bring its own thing to the table. Yeah. I feel like personally, even if it didn't taste like what I was used to, if they marketed it right and it tasted okay, like it tasted good, yeah. I'd still eat it. But they'd have to get all those things right. So yeah. it has to have something going for it. It has to taste good. Yeah. If they're going to market it as normal meat, it has to be competitive with yeah. what we have now. But I feel like if it's really good and the price is right, telling people, <laughs> yeah, but nothing suffered for this, is kind of yes. a seller. Like people but who are... it has to be good and the price has to be right. We're not yeah. there yet. Yes. So there's so many factors going into this. Um, there's no fat or bones in it. And mm. this could be bad for some types of foods and good for other types of foods. Yeah. I wrote for bad for some foods, I put steak. Yeah. Because the bone can be really important. Yeah. Um, How about the McRib? I mean, I, I think it might I be I don't perfect. do McRibs. It's so crude. They're gross. <laughs> I don't. But this is the perfect McRib. But this would be perfect for the McRib. It's, it's just true. imagine a rack and of ribs with no bone And I wrote good for other kinds of meat, like chicken nugs. Mm-hmm. You just make little chicken nugs. <laughs> like and, on a grapevine. Yeah. <laughs> just like chicken nuggets like chicken on a grapevine. And it'd be great for kids because mm-hmm. they kids love chicken nugs. Yeah, kids love chicken nugs. They love chicken nugs. And kids hate little, chewing little on bones. Nugs. Yep. Um, there could be lower environmental impacts. Now, some people argue this point and say, no, it would be higher environmental impacts. You, you can hear every argument ever. Yeah. Um, there could be as low as 4% greenhouse gas output making meat this way. You could reduce the energy needs of the meat by 45%. And it requires only 2% of land livestock does. Now, I've also, in doing this research, there was a lot of talk about this synthetic meat in combination with vertical agriculture. Okay. Could save a lot of energy, save a lot of land. Doing those two things together could do a lot to preserve the environment. Yeah. Rebuild the environment and let the land we were using for this become land again. Yeah, right. Because there's so much farmland that is currently just. So that's something waste. to keep in mind. This might not be the end all be all. It might not be the only thing we do, but it could be something that we do. Yeah, um, it could be better for surrounding wildlife. The organic waste that is put off could be converted into energy used to mm-hmm. fuel the places where they make this. I don't know if you've ever seen some of these gigantic poop ponds. <laughs> This I'm dead serious. <laughs> I know. Right outside, like, factory farms, they just have where all the poop sludge runs off into a big poop pond. Yep. 
and it just ruins everyone's life within five miles. Yep. Uh, no more poop ponds. <laughs> no more poop ponds. No more giant poop ponds everywhere. But don't get rid of Grey Poop Pond. Ah, uh, not Grey Poop Pond. That's my favorite Grey Poop Pond. is my favorite poop pond. <laughs> <laughs> so this technically yeah. is not a GMO. It doesn't have to be a GMO. That's a, you know what, as weird as it sounds, I guess you're right, but it's a strange thing to realize. So it doesn't require genetic engineering. It's just growing cells. It's not genetically modifying cells necessarily. Right. Now, to make it feasible, it might require some genetic engineering, but just the process of taking cells from an animal, growing them in a lab, growing them in some kind of medium, using a scaffolding, producing it this way. None of that is genetic engineering. It's just growing cells. Yeah. Excuse me. Had a little burpee. (laughs) Now, if we wanted to not use animal products for the culture medium... They're considering like algae and cyanobacteria. Okay. You might need to get into some genetic engineering to make that viable. Okay. So there's that. And also the idea of like adding omega-3 fatty acids, that would be genetic engineering, genetic modification. Um, If that's the case, that might be another point against this. There's already people who are really big against GMOs, yeah. trying to get GMOs out of anything. We've been genetically modifying things forever, guys. Yeah, right. Like, Seriously. It's done in a lab now. It's done more scientifically now. But people used to take... Farmers have done this forever. have taken one strain of this and one strain of that because this pea tendril is longer and taller and has a better yield than yeah. this one so breed these two together and then all of these pea tendrils are longer and gmo is you know? really just a creepy way to say breeding more or less it's, it's <laughs> intelligent breeding yeah of usually in this case vegetables or some kind of produce mm-hmm. but it's now we do it in a more scientific way right i understand the concerns but it's not really a concern. I feel like it's fine to eat GMOs. Mm-hmm. There are other issues aside from that, like Monsanto and stuff, that they're they're not angels. Yeah, right. But the issue of eating it, I don't think, is an issue. Yeah. But there are people who it is an issue for and are concerned about it. Fast food companies are removing GMO products right. from what they use. Yeah, because people because consumers are spooked on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to consider of like in order to make it viable, if we have to genetically modify things, yeah. then it might not ever come to the commercial form. Yeah, that's you possible. Know? So we'll have to wait and see, I guess, on that. Um but yes, this is just tissue, it's not an organism. On its own, it's not genetically modified. Yeah. Uh, there's no animal cruelty, so some animal welfare groups are in favor of this, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And something I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Religious considerations. Okay, that's Could interesting. this meat be considered kosher? Ah. And very uh, interesting. there was some discussion of the fact that as long as everything used was halal... Yeah. It could be eaten by Muslims. Yeah, right. As long as the culture medium and the cells you're taking are all halal, it could be good to eat for Muslims. So It's a good point. What does God think about growing meat in a tank? 
I don't um, think that ever made its way into know, the Torah. Let's get him. Let's get him on the horn. <laughs> let's see what he thinks. I don't think that made its way into the Torah or the Quran. Uh, you know, might need to. Might need. It to really should have. As an omnipotent being, he should have seen his humans doing this crazy thing. <laughs> really, it's just it's um, a little sad we didn't talk about it already. <laughs> but that's something to think about because this could be a way for for people who might have limited diet or just because of the religion might not have had as many food options. Yeah. If this is something that is put into a commercial platform, there could be companies that just do halal synthetic meats. Yeah. And then you could go to your grocery store as a Muslim person and have a wide range of halal meats you've never eaten before. That's very interesting. Because there's more to offer now. Yeah. So that's something to think about. That could be really cool. Um, And then the other side of it, as far as comparison to actual meat, um, we're used to its flavor and texture. Yeah. So it would, this would really, synthetic meat would really have to compete or market itself as some, something completely different, but also good. Yeah. Um, actual meat has a really high environmental impact. Yeah, it does. It's huge. It's tremendous. 18% 18% of greenhouse gases come from cattle farming. This does not surprise me. Just cattle farming. That's not pork. It's not chickens. Yeah. I mean... One animal. And that's just the greenhouse gases. That's not water consumption or water use. Yeah. There's a huge environmental impact of this. Um, there's animal cruelty to consider. Mm-hmm. So... The, the synthetic meat could be done, if done well, if done right, it could be a good thing. Yeah. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I mean, we're just going to have to watch and see. I'm with you. Obviously, there are companies that are committed to this. They're making the products. Yeah. It's not really to a commercial widespread place yet, yeah. but they're dedicated to it. Um, there's research institutes dedicated to it. I would try it. I would totally try it. I would smash on a Frankenburger in a minute. I I can't promise I'd love it, but I would give it a shot. Yeah. I would give it a shot. We need to make changes. Yes, we do. We need to do something different than what we're doing. Yeah. Um, the way we eat is I think we need to do a lot of somethings different than what we're doing. Yeah. So, if we're going in that direction, if we're trying something different that could be good... I think that's a good thing. Yeah. We just have to keep trying. The research has to keep happening. We have to keep coming up with fresh new ideas and not be afraid of it failing. Yes. As long as we keep moving in the right direction with this, I'd try it. You, people can let us know if they'd try it. Yeah, I'm right. doing a weird hand you're motion. Wa- you're waving to the people. I'm like the dabbing. Other. You are. You're da- well, you got to dab, 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 dab on the dab. haters. You know? Dab, 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 dab on, on the haters. Dab on the haters, right? Um, would you try it? Would you eat it? <laughs> David's dabbing back at me. Um, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I guess it's a question for anyone listening. It's like, you know, is this something you would eat? Is it too icky a thought? Yeah. Is Franken meat too creepy? Yeah. Or is it something you'd consider? I, there's so much to this topic. Do you have any um, questions I didn't cover or anything else you want to talk about on this topic? No, actually, you you told me a, a whole lot of things I had no idea about. I, I tried to hit on the questions that I knew you had yeah. and discuss the things I knew you wanted to discuss. And then 
I found stuff I never even thought about. Like I said, uh, two weeks ago, I didn't even think that this was a thing. Yeah. Like, this is something to talk about in science fiction. Right. I had no idea that this is a thing that's, like, happening. <laughs> see, I can see... And has been for a long time. I can see it working in so many ways. Like, like the thing for me is uh, sausage, burger... Yeah. Hot dog. Chicken nuggets. All these ground things. Yeah. Where the texture of the meat itself and the appearance of the meat itself only matters so much because it gets where it's, packed where into something else. Where it's already questionable. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I could see it because like, th- those Any, are where the form doesn't matter. Anything you know I mean? pink sludge would have been used for, just use this. Yes, right. <laughs> but I, I think that's a good point. I think we need to, if this is going to get commercial... We get commercial. <laughs> we need to recognize the limitations of it. Yeah. And maybe just have really good marketing. Yeah. And go, okay, this isn't exactly what you know. Yeah. But this is still going to be a great chicken nugget. This is still going to be a great Salisbury steak. This is still going to be, you know. <laughs> I don't know if the words great and Salisbury steak oh, really Oh, man. Go I used to love me some Salisbury steak yeah, before I got, like, kind of weird meat issues and got <laughs> freaked out on stuff. Yeah, before I found crunchy bone bits and oh, I really yeah. enjoyed Salisbury steak. Oh, yeah. Steak. I used to be okay with the mystery gravy and meat patty of Salisbury steak yeah. in elementary school. So you just bite into a little gristle or bone and you go, yeah. Mm, yeah. You eat one one too many boiled chicken breasts in your life and they just <laughs> suddenly put off by it. But a Frankenberry steak, which is not to be confused with a Frankenberry steak. Which sounds delicious. Uh, I would yes. like you to make me one of those, please. I'm sure thing. I just crush a bunch of Frankenberry into a patty and fry Ooh, that. Ooh, country fried steak. Mm. With Frankenberries as the <laughs> mashed up <laughs> and as the coating. Oh, this sounds gross. Let's do this. No, never. Forget oh. synthetic meat. Let's make a. <laughs> Let's just make the world's weirdest <laughs> sal- or, uh, country fried steak. I think we have a market here. Uh, you know what? Maybe we. Nobody do. steal this. No, yeah, don't, don't steal this. Don't swoop on us. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I have been sufficiently spooked and informed. Well, I'm glad. Are you guys hungry? Oh, God. I highly doubt anyone listening to this has an appetite now. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes me hungrier than scientifically talking about growing things in a lab and then consuming it. I I just picture the Sigourney Weavers in the tank in Alien. That's really (laughs) what I picture when I think about this stuff. It's just like... Like a mutated Sigourney Weaver going, kill me. I don't want to eat no Sigourneys. Yeah, me either. That's off the menu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think this does it for this week's episode. The inaugural episode. The first episode. We of might the Goose be Chase. splitting it into two episodes. Yes, we probably will have to. But I guess, you know, if we do, we'll just not tell you that we did that. Or maybe we will. Yeah, gonna nah, go the we'll figure it anyway. out. The, the beauties in the editing. Yeah. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. Want to go on a goose chase? Yes. <laughs>